it was not only that, but we also wanted to create a way for uh, the children to just start coding right out of the box. So like no need to download an application. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. Today on the show, we're talking to Azaf Kim, Chief Design Officer and Co-Founder at 3.14, a robotics edutech startup from South Korea, which created the Camibot Educational Robot. The startup did already create and produce the Camibot version 1, a robot that can be dressed with paper crafts for kids to learn programming. And at the time of releasing this podcast episode, the next version of Camibot is live on Kickstarter and will have some exciting new features. hey, before we start, I'd love to hear your feedback. So please head over to kidslab.dev and leave some comments. Also, feel free to use the hashtag kidslabpodcast on Twitter. And if you don't want to miss a future episode, don't forget to subscribe now. Okay, so our interview guest today is Azaf Kim. He's the co-founder and chief design officer at the robotics edutech startup 3.14. Yes, that's the real name of the company. It's called 3.14. So he's based in South Korea and is currently 29 years old. And that's also why he's listed in the Forbes list 30 under 30. In 2016, Azaf kickstarted the first version of Kamibot and collected $50,000 to build and ship it. They shipped more than 3,000 Camibots to kindergartens and schools, mainly in South Korea. So before we start, what exactly is the Camibot? So to be exact, we're talking about the Camibot Pi here, which is not the original version, but the new version that's right now on Kickstarter. So it's a cute little round robot, which is able to move and turn on the ground via the almost invisible wheels. So that means the wheels are pretty much underneath the robot, and that's why you almost don't see them. Compared to the older Camibot, the new Camibot Pi is a bit smaller and a bit more handsome. It has an ultrasonic distance sensor at the front, so it can figure out if it's getting closer to a wall, for example, and based on your programming, you can then let it turn left or right. It has a built-in color sensor, which now can be used in combination with the command cards to make it execute simple commands or execute your more complex programs. Speaking of programming, there are apps for both Android and iOS, and the Camibot is programmed via a block-based programming language. You simply stack some of the blocks and then run the program. One of the cool features of Camibot is that you can change its appearance via paper add-ons. The paper elements attach to the Camibot with the help of magnets, which is really cool. The top element of the Camibot is able to rotate, which again is a pretty neat idea, as you can attach a face-like element to the top of the Camibot and will look like the face is moving. One last feature that I wanted to mention is a pen hole in the center of the robot. So kids can attach a pen to it and Camibot can be programmed to move around to draw a piece of paper. 
That's again a sweet idea, and I think the kids will totally love it. If you want to see some pictures, please check out our podcast website at kidslab.dev. The show notes do contain a few links to videos and the Camibot Kickstarter page. And of course, I already added a few images to the blog post. So check it out. Again, that's kidslab.dev. Thank you very much, Azaf, for being on the call with me. It's a great honor for me. Um, how are you doing today? Uh, doing all right. Um, we're a little past lunchtime now, but mm -hmm. uh, I'm here with you. So tell us a bit how the original Camibot was invented. So was that, um, who was part of it, and how did you in the end end up realizing this idea? Uh, okay, so the story behind Camibot is a bit... Uh, law, <laughs> but uh, uh, we, we have plenty of time. So uh, it's a long story. It goes back to uh, back in 2015 when uh, we were, this was back before we even decided to create a codable robot or anything related to coding whatsoever. The, the product initially was just paper crafts that we wanted to somehow incorporate to, uh, electronic circuit tree with and make it respond and make it interactive. Uh, hence the interactive paper craft that we've stuck to our branding. So at that time we started with, uh, it was called Kami Kami and it was uh, these uh, dinosaurs, paper craft dinosaurs that you could just make and uh, they had circuits printed on the back side of it so you could pretty much just build, fold it up, and then connect the circuits. And then whenever you touch the robot, it would respond to your touch. And the LEDs would light up, and it had a cool app that went along with it. Uh, and we took this to several shows overseas, and we had some really great response. So the people loved it, but there was always this underlying, oh, but does it move? People always were curious about that one aspect of the product, and we wanted to somehow uh, implement that. So we thought about it over and over. How can we create a moving paper craft? So we, we, we thought about it a bunch, and then we decided, why not just create a robot that you can dress up with these paper craft characters? And then you can just redress it every time, and you'd have this evolving robot that you can customize however way, however which way you want. And and then uh, at that at that time, uh, coding was becoming a bit more uh, talked about, at least in Korea. I, I believe it even in the U.S. and uh, the U.K., maybe even in Finland, that they were beginning to really address how uh, they should be how coding should be introduced into the, into the schools as a part of the curriculum. So. Uh, in order for us to prepare and position ourselves uh, with the with the trends, we decided, okay, we want to make this a codable robot. And that's where Kamibot itself was birthed. And, um, and the reason for the naming of Kamibot was, oh, Kami is um, Japanese for paper and then... Mm -hmm. um, but so it really robot. all started with a paper craft that you then basically extended to more electronics and in the end you had a 
full-fledged robot basically yeah, right it's very cool yeah so right now it's super exciting a super exciting time because you have the next version of camibot live on kickstarter mm -hmm. and i think before we go into details about that um i just wanted to quickly mention to our listeners that you've been super kind to give away three of the new camibot pie kits to our listeners so I'd say if people would like to to get one of these Camibots, which obviously, by the way, is at the end of your Kickstarter, I just want to manage a little bit of their expectations. So that's going to be, I think, roughly July 2020. Right. If people are picking up the, the, the show, um, please head over to our blog and share the blog episode or the episode of the blog, basically, uh, with Kids Lab Podcast, with the Kids Lab Podcast hashtag. And the first three people who will do that will, in the end, win these kits. Sounds good? All right. Yeah, very cool. So um, people now have really good reason to share the show. <laughs> so let's talk about the, the new Camibot now. So what is new compared to the old version? And uh, what has been upgraded? What's oh, cool so, about it? Um, I know, Sven, you backed our previous, Kickstarter, our previous Kickstarter, and you got one of our original Camibots. And we're really excited about the new Kamibot. Uh, we decided to call it Kamibot Pie, uh, which is an homage to our company's name, which is actually 3.14. Uh, a lot of people don't really know that our, com our company name is separate from Kamibot. A lot of people assume that our company is called Kamibot. Um, but uh, we're actually 3.14, uh, just to get that out there. And um, so that's that's the reason why we called it Kamibot Pie. There's no other... A uh, special reason behind it. Um, yeah. Oh, now I'm just now it just clicks to be honest. So it's basically the the, the pie mouth pie number, right? right? So that's why. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and um, we we really like our numbers, uh, so we decided on like a non-terminating number, three point one four one five nine, and it keeps going. That's a great idea. <laughs> and. Um, Yeah, and it's a kind of like a testament to uh, seeking uh, like endless innovation and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, invention. So, uh, the getting back to um, what's different between uh, Kamibot Pi and the original Kamibot, we we really worked uh, hard on this one. Um, uh, one of I want to give a shout out to one of our uh, teachers out in New York who was really. Uh, really gave us a good idea of like what what was possible with our original Kamibot. And um, I won't say their name or the school because they asked me not to. So, but um, the, the teacher uh, was an art, art teacher who used our robots with their art classes. And they had workshops mm -hmm. using the robots and um, they made attachments using 3D printers Uh, with cardboard cutouts, and they would just create cool pattern drawings, and it was really cool. So when we saw that, we were just thinking, "Oh wow, we let's why not? Why don't we just build this into the Kamibot?" So uh, this this was part of the thing was this this was something that uh, we added to our list of things that we wanted to implement. Not only that, um, we wanted to. Uh, change the size, make it a little bit smaller than it originally was. Right now, the size seems to be ideal for our kindergartners. Uh, in in Korea right now, the, it seems to be the perfect size for the kindergartens. 
Um, but now we want to look towards the elementary school level and the middle school level and create a robot that would fit better on their desks. So we feel like this current iteration is a more ideal size for the table. And not only that, uh, it allows for smaller map boards. So our original bot, you would have to have a larger map board since the robot itself is much larger, which makes it great for having it uh, used with uh, in the kindergartens and Montessori schools, you know, uh, since it's a big, big map and the children can actually see this in a large space. So it's much more immersive for them. Uh, but now as we get to the older children, we want them to be able to explore not only together with their friends, which, which is, um, which is something we also want them to do, but also find a way for themselves to explore on their own. Speaking of the, the smaller size, I think one of the, the, um, so I didn't know that there's so much thinking actually in, in making the Camibot smaller. The other cool feature that I saw in the next version is now it has a, a hole in the middle, which is the pen holder. Right. So kids can be really artistic basically, right? right. So you can code your drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing that I wanted to ask you about is the, the command cards. So what, what's about these command cards? What is the thinking? Yeah, we, we, we threw in a bunch, didn't we? We, 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 we went all ham on this. Uh, so the command cards was a way for us to provi- provide um, our users, our, our kids, a way to code without a screen. So... One, one, a big issue that we, we are getting from our teachers um, was, okay, we, we use these tablets in class or we use the, the computers in class with the robots, but they get distracted. Children get really easily distracted. And for us, it was not only that, but we also wanted to create a way for Uh, the children to just start coding right out of the box. So, like, no need to download an application because uh, mm-hmm. just once you open open up the box, you just turn it on, and it's right from the get-go. Default mode is using the command cards. So you just feed it the cards, and it runs those commands basically straight, straight out of the box. So that's something that we really wanted to offer. And... Um, It's, it was something that we felt was needed because even before you get to like the, the coding with the apps, uh, we, we do have several apps out there to targeting different ages and different levels of coding proficiency. But uh, we wanted, this, wanted to have a starting point. So we feel that the starting point for coding, learning to code starts with unplugged coding. So you would use... Um, the command cards and you would feed the cards to the robot in a certain sequence allows you to what well, it, it's good for building good memory not only that it, it also teaches you about uh having good logic there's also a camibot remote control that's now part of the, the new camibot pi um Can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, so the Kamibot Pi remote control, we actually very recently just decided on the name for it. Uh, it's called the Rococone. Oh, Rococon. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a Rococon, and it's short for the Robot Coding Controller. And <clears throat> so the, um, the controller is also another thing that we wanted to 
add it into the repertoire of uh, unplugged coding methods for a robot. Um, the cool thing about this controller is it not only works with our Kamibot Pi, but it will also work with the original Kamibots that we have as well. So um, it's not just a re remote controller that's going to work for the single robot. It's going to work with pretty much our whole library of products. And then we're also uh, talking with uh, other companies about how to use our remote controller with their robots. So if you have other robots at home or you, you and that are sitting in the closet, your robot just might work with our remote controller down the line. So then the, the one thing you mentioned already is that some teacher apparently came, um, so was smart enough to create some 3D printed accessories for the Kamibot, right? And so I think the Kamibot Pi also um, should come with some kind of list of ready printable documents. And it's kind of a cool teaser for us because in episodes, uh, in the next episode, we'll actually have some um, talk about the Sculptor 3D printer, which is a really easy to use 3D printer. Cool. So I just wanted to ask you, what are the ideas um, and the ready-made designs that people will be able to print? Off the bat, everything inside of our Kickstarter video, we plan to just throw out there. So um, like the 3D files, the STL files for Uh, the fishing rod that you attach to the top of the robot, um, mm -hmm. the arms, the arm attachments that allow you to push blocks yeah. around on the map board. Um, also, like all the paper characters, we we're just gonna throw up on our library. So we're we're currently it's not on our uh, website yet. We're working on doing an overhaul on our website so that we can implement. Uh, A streamlined library since now that we're having we're adding Kamibot Pi to the list we don't want users to accidentally have mix up what they're using for which robot so you'll be providing the STL files and uh, just for those who don't know that that's basically the files that you need to to then start slicing and in the end getting your code that runs on the 3d printer so Correct. Everybody with a 3D printer at home should be able to print these easily. I, I also would assume that they are, they are optimized for 3D printing. Um, they will be optimized. Right now, uh, the ones that we have created, we haven't put them up on the website yet, but where we will, they will be optimized for the, I believe they, you, we call it FDM printing. So the ones that uh, layer PLA or ABS. Uh, yeah that it will be optimized for that. Right now, the ones that you see on the video, they were printed with uh, an SLA printer. So it's a, it's a bit more sleek. But yeah, they will be optimized. So you don't have to worry about it. So on, um, on Forbes, I believe, uh, on the Forbes website, I read that the first version of Kamibot was mainly distributed in South Korea. And I was wondering if you were making some changes to ship this to a global audience for the Kamibot Pi. So obviously, the Kickstarter campaign is running globally, so you'll be able to ship globally. Um, did you kind of implement some changes for, for the global audience? In terms of distribution in, the, in overseas, Obviously, we are, we're not a company uh, based in the U.S. We are a company based in South Korea. Uh, so there are some limitations in terms of reaching our global audiences. So we do look for partnerships for people who are interested in distribution. So if you're a distributor out there and you're interested in bringing Kamibot to your local uh, retailers, 
um, it'd be great to reach out. Uh, and we'd love to work with you and see what we can create. Uh, but for now, yes, like you mentioned, uh, South Korea, we are based in South Korea. So that is our, our main market. And um, the way we are selling globally right now at the moment is on Amazon. So Amazon is like the best platform currently available for product or product manufacturers to sell their products overseas it also looks like i mean then just uh, kickstarting the the kickstarter that you have is sounds like an awesome good idea right so <laughs> to, to get to carrybots i i agree with you so much about uh how yeah because kickstarter is has become a platform for uh, product creators and vendors to uh test their products in the market and see the market response or also get some marketing pre-marketing done uh for the product at at a really low risk so one of my question and one more final question i would have is about something that i read on your kickstarter page and that's about the japanese national standards for steam robots used in coding education so that's that's something i've never heard from my german perspective and i believe people in the us or in the uk probably have never heard of these What are these Japanese national standards for steam robots used for coding? Uh, the, the national standard for uh, steam robots in Japan uh, was created, for, these guidelines were created since now that coding is becoming, is a new thing and they're trying to implement it into their curriculums. Uh, so, for example, some of the few things that might be, that was inside the guidelines was uh, the robot needs to draw needs to be able to draw shapes for example a triangle or a circle or a square and uh, things like that we wanted to conform our robot to so that we are accountable to a standard and so now the coming about pi is compatible with these standards and that basically allows you to sell it in, in japan Correct. too probably right yes very cool so Azaf, thank you so much for this interview. Um, it was really amazing to talk to you. And um, for all the listeners, don't forget, you can win one out of three Camibot kits. They will be shipping um, end of July 2020 when the Kickstarter is done. Um, but if you want to win, then head over to kidslab.dev and share the episode using the hashtag kidslabpodcast. Thank you so much, Azaf. All right. Thank you for having me. Hey, wait a second. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes with all links of this episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe now if you don't want to miss a future episode. Also, I really want to hear back from you, whether you are a parent or an educator or simply someone interested in steamy gadgets. Please leave me a comment at kidslab.dev. And if Twitter is better, simply use the hashtag kidslabpodcast to get in touch. Bye-bye.